0: Welcome to the Our Father Stories podcast, where we share stories of ordinary people experiencing the kingdom of God in extraordinary ways. My name is Nate Paragoy. I'm one of the pastors at Our Father Lutheran Church here in Denver, Colorado, where we are passionate about our mission, helping ordinary people know and share extraordinary life in Christ. And in this conversation, I'm joined by my co-host and good friend, Pastor Micah Steiner. Hey, everybody. Good to have you here, my friend.
1: It is melancholy. For me to be here today. Melancholy. Yeah. Why? I don't even know what that means, <laughs> to be honest. I just heard that there because it sounded like a big word. I'm happy. I'm glad. This is our first podcast. This is great. Debut episode. Yep. What can we hear if we're tuning in? Today is a great story. We have a member of our congregation named Lisa. She's recently joined us, and she's also recently had uh, just an incredible rekindling with her relationship with God, born on, uh, born about from her time in the Word her time in worship. So if you're one of those people listening here today where sometimes perhaps worship or Bible study can be a little bit of a drag, if I could say that respectfully, I think you're going to really appreciate Lisa's story. And stick around after our conversation for a couple
0: minutes as Micah and I share our favorite takeaways, a couple of simple things that you can practice in your own life today. Hope you enjoy it.
2: I'm Lisa. My husband, Mike, and I have been members of our father for about four years. We both grew up in Denver and really happy to be here. So I did grow up in the church. I was baptized a Lutheran, have Danish people on both sides of my family. And I uh, went to church growing up, went to Sunday school, not always willingly, um, was confirmed at, from a church here in Denver and was pretty enthusiastic about being a Lutheran and, and all of that. And then somehow, through going away to college and starting a job and all of that, it's not that I ever lost it, I just wasn't active. And I, yeah, I guess I did lose it, if you want to say that. But I, if you had asked me, I would have said, no, I'm a Lutheran, I'm a Christian, and happy to be so, but I was not very active. We go to church occasionally. and
0: More like you lost your connection to the church, not necessarily your faith in general.
2: Right. Yeah. But if you don't have something kind of holding you just in your life regularly, then uh, I think you lose depth.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we talk about a lot of, I think, of... Going through the motions we we come to church and we kind of can check a box we can say pat yourself on the back say i went to church i did my thing today right but i like the depth word talk more about that what what is that how's that changed for you
2: that's changed a lot um and it's been a gradual process i can't say that there's one aha moment or something um i think that i would say that uh when I started coming back to church regularly was when our son was in kindergarten, and I he has had a few behavioral <laughs> issues, and um, uh, you know also has he's he's got a, a learning disa- uh, disability, which is minor anyway, whatever. So I thought I better get this kid to church, and so he. I took him to Sunday school and took him to church. And, um, you know, I really thought I was doing all of that for him. And it really turns out that I was also doing it for me. Because just that weekly exposure and kind of getting back in the habit was good for me. And as he was growing up, and whatever travails you have as a parent was really nice for me to have. A little more connection with God and someone to turn to. So that's, yeah, that's how that started. Um, That was at another church in Denver. And about four years ago, we discovered our father through a neighbor. Um, She knew that I was not um, connecting with the church that I was at, in fact, I was disconnecting. Mm and so came down here and i just am so happy to have found a church that's really bible centered that um just spoke to me
1: yeah and you told us well i should we should probably say nate Uh, It's fair. Let's just get it out there. This is actually the second time that we've done this podcast because we were here two days ago, and turns out the microphone was not on. Important detail. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So I'm going to refer to that probably a few times uh, about a previous conversation that we had, but you also had mentioned an experience you had. Your son, Max, was, I think you said 13, 14, went to a camp.
2: Okay. So, yeah. So my my son has Asperger's syndrome, which is, uh, he's on the autism scale, very quite high of functioning, but uh, we needed help parenting him. He, you know, wasn't responding to what we were doing necessarily. And uh, we ended up, he ended up at a a wilderness camp and then a therapeutic boarding school in Idaho. And so he was away from us for three years. Um, Through that whole process, I mean, this is God working. I tell you, you you send your son away, that's heartbreaking. But uh, we really got closer to him and to each other. And um, I just felt God working because he was teaching me to be a better parent through the workshops and the reading and all the work that we did while our son was doing his work at school. And... um, I told you about the Anatomy of Peace," that this is a book and a program that this boarding school and many therapeutic boarding schools use. Um, and it talks about how you lead your life and how you approach people. and even you can do the same action with a heart of peace or with a heart of war, and the person feels it. Hmm. And so it really is about not changing the other person. It's about changing your own heart. Well, to me, that's godly. That's totally Christian, and so that was just another way that I I think that I was more open to God. And um, yeah, is that what you were talking about?
1: Well, yeah, because I see an ordinary thread. You know, our mission statement is helping ordinary people know and share extraordinary life in Christ. And Mm -hmm. there's there was the God bringing you back through wanting to take your son to Sunday school. Then, using even a secular resource where you can actually see the the threads of the gospel being weaved in and out, you know the secular world doesn't use things like sin uh or forgiveness, and yet that's what you you realize all oh, this is pointing to Jesus and then uh, an ordinary neighbor invites you to our church at a time in your life when you're kind of spiritually stagnant and mm-hmm. uh, and that is. I think very important for us to think about because we often look for this like huge lightning bolt, God, give me a sign and, and here God's been quietly moving behind the scenes, getting you to a point. And now, and we can kind of shift the conversation a little bit, uh, tell us about your Bible study rhythm and, and your upward relationship with God. How has that produced fruit in your life and where have you seen those changes recently?
2: So when our father started doing the program of let's read the Bible over two years and you know, every day you had something you were supposed to read and uh, the pastors and other employees or worship leaders from our Father would give just a little five minute blurb three times a week on that verse or something to look for. I really started looking forward to those and uh, Mike and I both started reading those every morning. It was just a great way to start the day. We did them separately, um, and I'm i am <laughs> I'm a total word geek, and I love language, and so I asked Cassie, how can I get more out of this? The Bible can be really hard to read. Um, and it's just so much richer to me to know the history or the nuances of the words that are used or whatever. So, Cassie told me about the Lutheran Study Bible, And I got that. It's huge and has footnotes (laughs) all through it. And, I mean, you could just spend your whole life looking at the footnotes and going back to the references and all of that. And I don't go that far, but especially on the days when I didn't have somebody leading me at what to look for, uh, those little notes at the bottom were helpful, are helpful. We're almost done because we're in Revelation. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. And although I'm kind of sorry because I'm not sure what I'm going to do next.
0: we got plans. Oh, yeah. I know, I know. I'm looking
2: forward to Psalms. So um, I've been reading those and it's really amazing how what a difference it makes in my life when I get up every morning and I have a cup of coffee and I sit down and I read the verse that's supposed to be that day and I think about it and the study Bible has little prayers in there and sometimes I read those and I find those just um, I don't know just kind of like it's hard to come up with your own prayer you always say the same things so it's really helpful to relate that to the verse that I just read and I could just tell throughout my day when I've had that kind of foundation to the day
0: yeah can you say more about that that's really interesting uh, you can tell the difference what is some of the differences
2: Well, when you've just done that, and you have breakfast, and you get in your car, and you're driving on Hamden, and some jerk.
1: (laughs) Which is probably me.
2: (laughs) Well, no, but I'm just saying, if you start out with, it's that heart of peace. Yeah, yeah, If you are driving along and thinking about, I don't know, maybe you've just read a story about kindness in the Bible, you know, how can I flip somebody off or whatever I want to do? Honk your
1: horn for 10 seconds. Yeah, exactly. I've only done that once. You know, that was really
2: reassuring to hear that you did that too. (laughs) (laughs) I could really relate. Um, And, yeah, it's just, um, why do I want to make myself angry? Why do I want to make myself just in a hateful space or whatever? And um, I have found these readings so um, helpful as we've been going through the whole shutdown and our society is going crazy and people are doing vile things. And I can get pretty worked up about that and I can get pretty depressed about it. And um, that's when I just go, you know what, It's, it's not up to me. I don't have to. God has some plan. I don't know what it is. I don't have to know what it is. I'm not supposed to know what it is. And I just need to do my job. Yeah. And so my question has been, you know, as I've been praying lately, God, what do you want? What do you want from me? Just open my heart and then give me the courage to do it cuz I'm kind of scared of what it's going to be.
1: Yeah. Well, that goes, I think that goes back to that theme of ordinary again if 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 you read scripture and you don't have this emotional reaction to it and if it if it mm-hmm. you know we i think we can be honest that sometimes we read the bible and and we it's kind of like a slog right. uh, and you're just you might be reading just to read because you know you should but we're not letting it soak in or whatever is blocking that from happening
2: mm-hmm. at
1: the same time when you are reading god's word hebrews the writer of hebrews says it's powerful it's like a sword it can penetrate us to the heart to the joints to the marrow even if we don't, I mean, that obviously would hurt if you got stabbed in the gut with a sword. You'd feel that. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be this big emotional experience every time you read the Bible. And what I hear you saying is even if you are are not cognizant of the moment of what God's Word's doing, it kind of goes with you throughout your day.
2: Right. And I, I'm, the chances are better that I'm going to have a good day. So I'm just... Doing what I need to—it's like communion. I don't always feel, you know, ta-da or whatever, but I know it's working. Yeah, yeah. I know it's working. Huh? Yeah. And so you kind of feel that way about just reading the Bible. Just, you know, I just—you're right. Sometimes I just do it. Yeah. And we had talked before about it's like exercise. If you don't exercise, if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. And when you go to exercise. You can either just do it and you're like, okay, that wasn't the best workout. Or you can be thinking about every muscle group as you're lifting or you know, just really concentrating on working those muscles as thoroughly as you can. And that's that's better. But it doesn't always happen. Yeah. And just the fact that you went out there and did it, even if you took a fifteen minute walk, you did it. It's good for you. So
1: Yeah. I only work out so I can eat cheeseburgers. <laughs> it's a good reason. It's a very selfish oh,
2: no. So, but the other thing I wanted to tell you that I have been doing that, um, another thing Cassie introduced me to, was um, BibleProject.com. And, it, yeah, that's so cool. As we, as I, I started getting into, whenever we would get to a new book, I'd go to BibleProject, and I'd look at the book overview, and it kind of gives you an idea of what this book of the Bible is going to be about, who's who wrote it, uh, when it was written, what were the circumstances, and what are some of the messages in there. And then I can kind of look for those and, you know, actually reading them and, and you know, listening to you guys and all of that uh, is deeper. But it did give me sort of a an idea of what's coming. Oh, cool! So I like doing those. Yeah, it
0: kind of helps you zoom out before you zoom in to right. chapter one. Kind right. Right. Yeah. So, Lisa, I'm really curious about your your own practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, tell us about you know when you read, what you do. You said you got the Lutheran Study Bible with the notes. Uh, right. You know, walk so, us into the house with you.
2: Okay. So, on a good morning when I don't wake up late. Um, I'll get up and get my cup of coffee and get the study Bible and sit down. Maybe I'll go back to bed with it, or maybe I'll go sit on a couch and I'll read whatever the the chapter is or for that day, and um, you know, read the notes and do the prayer and and then if I'm lucky, there's a video and I can click on that and listen to that and then. Uh, I go about my day, and you know sometimes I'll say a little prayer in there, and sometimes I won't and then on Fridays, I normally don't work, so Friday mornings, I spend a little more time with it, and that's when um, you know maybe I'll read i don't know, I just kind of think deeper or further into some of the issues that struck me and um and then Sunday, I come to church and Kind of wraps it all up, and yeah, it's 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 really a nice rhythm.
0: You said you incorporate prayer into your reading. Mm-hmm. Do,
2: do you ever pray
0: about your reading itself? The, the, and the reason I'm asking that question is that uh, this morning uh, I read a couple of psalms, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to do one a day, and just kind of go for quant- quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. And I read two and then I read a third and realized I was still reading because I didn't get much out of it. I was just moving to the next psalm, And it kind of hit me uh, that I could pray, Lord, could you show me something in these words? And it wasn't until I had already started reading that I realized that I wasn't getting read anything. I thought I should pray to ask God's help rather than pray that at the front end or something.
2: Yeah, no, that's a good yeah. idea. I can't say I've done that too much. Um, But I I have found myself, you know how it is, you're reading a book and you're reading all the words and then you go, I don't know anything I just read. And it's easy to do that with a lot of the Bible because it's just, it's not our today language and it's, you know, um, so sometimes I have to wake myself up by that and I hadn't thought about asking God to wake me up. It's probably a better (laughs) idea.
1: (laughs) Give me a little Holy Spirit jab. Yeah. 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 Pastors need it too. Yeah. Well, and that's important. I think for the people listening here, I hope they can see something in themselves in, in this conversation. I was having a conversation with a person from church who was saying they're having a hard time getting what they know in their head down into their heart. So they, they know a lot about God. They know a lot about what he has to say about certain things, but, but the experience of the heartbreaking by God's word or the heart changing by God's word. Mm-hmm. And my advice was that, that the best way to do that is to keep doing what you're doing which is spending time thinking about what God has to say about that. Yeah,
2: because I think God will God will do the trick. Yeah. I mean, you just have to put yourself there, and God's going to get you.
1: Yeah. And we can't get there if we don't open up the Bible. Right. If we don't, and if we're not in church. Which, by the way, we should do a plug for our learning community on September 17th. If you're listening to this podcast and you find yourself being one of these people that maybe struggles with your Bible reading, getting something out of scripture, that's the whole point of this learning community is to help you, give you some very practical tools to, in your daily reading, uh, hear what God has to say to you through his word. And we do believe that, that the Holy Spirit can use his word to impact you, penetrate your heart, and show you some things about yourself, about God. So so September 17th, I believe, Nate, what time?
0: 9 a.m. to 12.30, we're gonna have lunch available. Uh, and if you got kids, uh, young kids, middle school age, high school age, it's fun for the whole family. Literally, uh, we're going to have uh, multi multiple age groups uh, doing their own thing, uh, led by our team. It's going to be a great day. Yeah. Oh, and if you're wondering, that sounds cool. What do I do about that? Uh, our website oflc.net is where you can
1: go right now to sign up for that. Good. It's a good plug. Thanks. That was kind of like the commercial that you hear in the podcast, where it's like this. Episode been brought to you by Harry's Shavers. Yeah, Get your Harry's at <laughs> harrys.com for $19.99. What a great name for a razor. <laughs> I mean, I've never thought
0: about that. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> Harry's. That's funny. Too.
1: Nate doesn't have any hair on his head. That's why it's funny. I don't use them yeah. too often.
2: Yeah. I think that this shutdown obviously has affected everybody tremendously. And I, the blessing part of it is that our father went online and so we could continue to worship and the messages that you pastors give were and are so uh, so calming and reassuring and boy if there's ever time you need to be leaning on God it's when you're you and the world is going through something like this yeah so i so appreciate that and you know i might have gotten a little bit comfortable watching those from home so um i but i have decided that I really need to be back in church now that we can. And holy cow, we were bemoaning that we couldn't. You're right. So now it's there, use it. I mean, hmm. if you really meant it, that you hated, that you couldn't go there, it's open now. Yeah. So go. Come on back. So, But the reason that, that I've um, gotten myself roused and into my church clothes on Sunday mornings when it was easier to sit home with a cup of coffee and watch you on TV... <laughs> is that when I come here, I having a community and hearing everybody around me and just listening to the hymns, listening to the prayers we all say together, I love that. I love that. Everybody's saying the same words at the same time. It's really powerful. And uh, obviously, you don't get that at home. And you spoke to me last time about how you know, I'm talking about how it affects me, but really it's my responsibility to lift other people up by doing that. Yeah. And to lift you all up.
1: Yeah. Scott does a, has a really good job. Pastor Abel has a good job of, of talking to people about, you know, if you're not coming to church for yourself, for whatever reason, would you consider coming to church for everybody else, for somebody else who needs their brother and sister in Christ next to them? Cause we don't know what's going on in each other's hearts or lives. And so it's an act of uh, self-sacrifice to, to come, if it's inconvenient, to be with your brother and sister and be part of that community. And that's kind of how we try to try to gospelize that, because it, it is law-oriented when we say, you need to come to church. And we know there's people who can't. We've got many shut-ins. Right. But there are also people who, they've been very honest with us, and they've just flat-out said...
2: It's I can, easier. Yeah. I can do it on my schedule. And Yeah. And. Thank you for that. Thank you. It's great. Mm-hmm. And there are times I mean, we were coming back from the Isleta mission yep. and i had the I had the church on in my headphones yep. in the car, so that was fabulous. It's still not as good as being there, yeah, and I mean, what would happen? How would you pastors preach if nobody showed up? and you know they're all out there in the virtual land and all that, but
1: I wouldn't wear pants for one. I,
2: <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to
1: know. I would do what everybody else does when they go to work in there, and they just wear shorts yeah. at the computer, and then they like pause it before they get no, up. No, but I
2: I, I can't imagine what it would be like to not preach to people. Oh, it was awful. It was like I, I mean, I, We hated yeah. it. It yeah. was the I'm worst. Sure. Yeah,
0: with these very cameras and That's microphones right. we're using right now. That's right.
2: Yeah. 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 And yeah. the other cool thing is that so many people have gotten to see our Father, have gotten to hear you preach. And what I really love about your preaching is, number one, is Bible-centered. It's always about the Bible. It always takes you back to the Bible. And number two, you talk about, well, here comes the language again, you know, the words that the Bible was written in. You know, okay, in Greek, it was this word. And really, we don't have the same word in English, but it means this, and it's sort of, I love that. I mean, the nuances are fabulous. Um, you're also very good at giving us the setting and, you know, historically, where these people were and what was going on in their lives. And I, I find that, I guess, easier to relate to. Uh,
0: I've heard you use a phrase before, it's all fragile. Mm-hmm. Uh, And you've heard something like that around here. Well, it
2: was Pastor Abel's sermon. And it was, oh gosh, it just totally struck me. And Mike too. We use the term all the time now. Political parties are fragile. Countries are fragile. Our bodies are fragile.
1: Yeah.
2: God is not fragile. Hmm. And when you find yourself getting all bent out of shape over these political issues or disagreements or whatever it is, it really is all fragile. It's, you don't have to and shouldn't put your whole being into defending that because it's going to disappear anyway. Mm. It's this worldly.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, and I can certainly. You know, get worked up about some of the things that are going on, and I just remind myself of that: it's all fragile.
1: And that is a cool. So, so I keep going back to this theme of ordinary, but it's so important that we get this from this from this time in this conversation. Going back to this idea that that we might look for a, a big religious experience or a big aha moment you still even though you heard that great sermon mm. you still sometimes feel fragile right sure sure but then god's word comes in yeah and it, it puts a little little soft spot in your heart for his word he's speaking to you through that moment reminding you that life that he is not fragile and it may not completely fix the issue it may not and you may have the same feelings the next day but that's god's simple word, his powerful Uh but simple word, working through, uh, in this case, uh, one of the pastors through the proclamation of God's word. I've heard you say that a couple of times in this conversation about when you do your personal Bible study, that that happens. And that's important for us to, to really think about and why we can argue for regular Bible study reading. It may not change your life in a crazy, dramatic way, but as we're hearing from Lisa's story, it does change your life.
2: So all of the cares of the fragile world never quit picking at you. Hmm. They never stop. So you better have something daily or regularly that is going to help you deal with that or combat that, or just keep your attention off of all of that and put it where it belongs. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm, what i'm trying to hang on to and um yeah the yeah, anxieties just, are going to be
1: there but but god is amidst those right um, and helping and, and guiding and, and walking with you through the, the the everyday up and downs of life
2: yeah
0: you know at least i remember you saying something like um using the word freedom mm-hmm. to describe a new feeling that you have been experiencing lately? Could you tell us more about that?
2: So, you know, I really am a, I mean, I don't know who isn't kind of a control freak. And I'm not really a freak, but, you know, I like to have the answers. And if I can do something to help and help take care of something, I want to do it. And so I'm always asking, what, sh- what should I be doing? And this does go for politics and what's going on in the world well maybe i should be doing something because this isn't right um so when i realize that i'm not in charge and not supposed to be in charge and i can't fix these problems um if god wants to use me to fix them he'll tell me so my first go to that makes, that frees me, is this isn't mine to solve. This Mm. is all in God's hands, Mm. and that when I really accept that, and I have to remind myself frequently, you know, this is, God's going to handle it, and God, if you want me to do something to help you handle it or something, you let me know, but I know that it's not mine to fix that's very freeing that's very freeing yeah that's great yeah Yeah.
0: i wonder too it it almost is like you have to start with the place of admitting that it's fragile you do then to kind of go okay so then god you're in charge not me yes you can fix this not me and then maybe even moving into that next going kind of going well what would you like me to do with this little piece of it that you've given me in my sphere of influence
2: right it doesn't Absolve me from any responsibility whatsoever, but it does keep me from taking on responsibility that isn't mine. And honestly, what hubris, right, to think that I'm supposed to solve things? And I do want to say this to other politicians and stuff in the world, (laughs) who I'm sure are all (laughs) listening. Yeah, they will. No doubt. (laughs) But honestly, who do you think you are, God?
1: Yeah,
0: or any of us, for that matter. Exactly. I'm saying that to myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes.
1: No, that's really helpful.
0: So have you found opportunities uh, to either do something or at least a kind of a lens that you have just internally for yourself now that you think about, uh, God, it's your job to solve this, not me, Uh, but yet how can you use me here? It seems like you were kind of leaning into that a little bit. What's that like on the other side of it? It's fragile. You're in charge. You
2: know what? I'm going to give you that example again of our son being in therapeutic boarding school Hmm. because... I literally gave my son up to somebody else and through them, God taught me how to be a better parent and get him back.
1: Wow, well, yeah.
2: So, you know, when you turn it over to where it belongs, God will guide you, I mean, I think. And... um That's probably, in my life, the biggest example. Hmm. Um, More recently, I don't really know what God's doing with me. And I'm just trying to be available. And I think that, on a very small level, it has to do with how I look at others and how I treat others individually. And... I'm sure him having me do this podcast twice is part of his (laughs) plan.
0: Yeah. You know, it it was very resonant for me when you said, uh, talking about Max, your son, I literally gave him up to someone else. Mm -hmm. And I heard you say that and went, oh, I know someone else who literally gave up his son to someone else. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, that in a very small way, you've experienced the gospel as a parent.
2: Wow. <laughs> I never took it to that level. That's...
1: Yeah, that's good.
2: That's really big.
1: We dropped off our our uh, eldest, our, our daughter, to high school. She's a freshman in high school. And I had a, a smaller experience, but, but a similar experience of watching her get out the door and, and go into this scary, big high school. And all I could do, literally all I could do is pray and, and say, God, she is your precious child. Uh, even before she's mine, would you watch over her, protect her, care for her? And as I was driving away, you know, it didn't, it didn't change my anxiousness that I had in that moment, but it certainly was peaceful to know that I can, I can give her to him. And, and so letting go of control uh, I still want control, and I want to, you know, send the drone in there to spy, and, and you know, maybe maybe drop bombs on a few kids, yeah. some boys in particular. But I oh gotta go. I gotta, you know. But.
2: So that makes me think of all the people who don't have God to turn to in those, and that's all over the place. Yeah, that people are so fearful, and they have no place to go with that fear.
1: Yeah. So, so this has been a theme of mine lately. I've, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. Nate, Nate is a huge podcast junkie. I'm just now getting into it. And he's, he's turned me on to some different podcasts. And it's incredible to me that the, the people that I listen to are all well-known celebrities, super high profile, make a ton of money, have everything, quote unquote, this world could offer. But they're all talking about their therapists and like where they go to... Uh, seek that help, mm-hmm. and and this is I am pro counselor, pro therapist. Mm-hmm. We we send people all the time. I've spent time with mm-hmm. a therapist, with a with a counselor. So mm-hmm. somebody listening, please hear me on that. But it's interesting to me that these people are also uh, by their own admission atheists. They've they've all said comments about mm-hmm. there's no such thing as God, and this is mumbo jumbo, and things like that. And I can't help but wonder if what they're really seeking through treatment could be very accessible to them if they understood just how much they're loved and cherished by, by God who sent His own Son, to go back to that theme, for them, and to have that person to talk to and let go of control. There's, there's a gospel gap there in my mind. And I can't prove it, and I, you, know, I, I, you don't wanna go down that rabbit hole too often because you could be seen as being disparaging towards people who go to counseling. But man.
2: No, I, as I said, like when, when we took our son, God was working through those therapists. Right. And that's the way it should be. I mean, so they're they're a tool. Mm-hmm. They're not God.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an important distinction.
2: Yeah. But an important tool. Yeah. Yeah. A God-given tool.
0: Uh, Lisa, if you could go back and give yourself any advice maybe years ago as a parent or maybe on the front end of this more recent, um, transformation you're experiencing, what would you tell yourself?
2: I would tell myself to, I would have told myself to exercise that, uh, God muscle earlier and more often earlier. So I would have saved myself a lot of anguish by trying to be in control, and if I had just—I mean, I prayed, and then I tried to be in control. So if I had just, you know, maybe read the Bible regularly back then, or uh, just kept myself m- more open to God, then I think I would have saved myself a lot of, a lot of anxiety. Yeah.
1: That, yeah. that regular rhythm of, of up.
2: Right.
0: Well, Lisa, we're so thankful that you spent some time with us today. It's been a great conversation.
1: A second conversation, as a matter of fact.
2: Right. <laughs> Double the fun. It's it better every time. <laughs> I, I have very much enjoyed it. Thank you. And thank you for bringing me out of myself because I've always been kind of private about my religion and maybe I need to be less so.
1: Well, you, you thank you for your honesty and, and sharing with us. It's been great.
2: My pleasure.
0: That was a great conversation with Lisa. As you said during the episode, uh, we had to reshoot the whole thing because I'm the one that forgot to turn on the microphones. Uh, you can tell this is our debut episode. Uh, Micah, tell me, what was a key takeaway
1: for you? Yeah, I, I'm still struck by this whole thing of, of emotion. And I was thinking about a time when I went to church uh, on sabbatical. We went to a different church. We got to experience a lot of those uh, moments, worshiping with uh different denominations even and one of those congregations that we went to it, I was struck by how much they were trying to what I felt like emotionally manipulate me and everybody that was in the room and it's not to say that you shouldn't have emotion in church I mean I certainly do uh, for example this summer we watched this 98 year woman uh, 98 year old woman get baptized cool and I am bawling my man and I are up and yeah, this is the coolest thing you know because her kids are there and grandkids are there but if you look at that from a from a spiritual standpoint, that was God doing all the heavy lifting, right? He's the one that caused that emotion by His grace just outpouring from Him into this woman's life. And that's the kind of good emotion that I want. And we got to be really, really careful. Uh, this perhaps is a soapbox of mine that we don't expect to see God in this emotional way. and And, and our emotions can sometimes make it feel like God is distant or that... We, we need to have this overwhelming experience to know that God is real. What Lisa's story tells us is that, uh, like it or not, sometimes, and probably majority of times, God shows up in these simple, ordinary ways, like opening up your Bible and reading it. You know, it's not 2,000 years of, of, of Christian history. It all boils down to this. Open up your Bible and read it.
0: Yeah, and that's related to what jumped out at me, uh, that um, you know, sometimes it's as simple as the ink on... The page that God works through human language to reveal himself to us. And that's not always extraordinary. There are always mountaintop moments. There are some. Uh, and I was really struck by her commitment uh, to the practice. And that's something simple that we can do at home. Right. Uh, you know, her describing sitting at the table, a uh, cup of coffee, you know, Mike in the other room doing his devotion and uh, listening to the videos, the devotional videos that we've been putting out.
1: and then going to church on Sunday, I, I love that she she pointed out whether it was this version of filming or the or the other one, you know calling us all out to be like let's let's get to church together and and not just watch on TV, but if we can, if we're physically able, come to church and be together because there's some power in that community.
0: Uh, Micah, what's one thing that, um, someone listening to this can do after they listen? We've already talked about kind of
1: a commitment to reading, to coming to church, those simple, ordinary things. What else? Yep. I'll plug it again. That learning community on the September 17th, uh, which by the way, you can sign up for that and get more information at OFLC.net, our website. Uh, that's a great way for you. If, uh, whether you just want to go deeper in your Bible study and grow in that experience, or maybe you're, in a position that maybe Lisa described herself being in a few years ago, just kind of stagnant, going through the motions, wherever you're at, it's going to be an awesome time for you to slow down. And we're going to intentionally silence our hearts. We're going to get rid of distractions and we're going to learn really some ancient techniques of how we can engage in God's word, allow him to speak to us through his word and slowly transform our hearts and make us more like him. And even if it's just a little bit less than our current self, what a blessing that's going to be.
0: So uh, led by Pastor Abel, 9 to 1230. Uh, if you've got kids, bring them. It's fun for the whole family, literally. Uh, targeted teaching for all ages. Go to OFLC.net and sign up today.
1: Oh, wait. There is one surprise. I don't even think you know about this. What surprise, is it? Nate. I just, don't know. Just to, In fact, I'm even going to tell you. You're going to have to find out. We have five giveaway items just purchased today. We're gonna have a an old fashioned drawing, my friend. So you don't want to you don't want to miss this. If you want the mystery prize that I don't I don't I, I do not think that you'll be disappointed in, come to the learning community on the seventeenth and find out what the giveaways are.
0: Plus, mm, I, there's more. Plus, there's all kinds of our father swag oh, that yeah. we're rolling out. Mm, so good learning community. Yep, Free just stuff. for you. Yeah. Free stuff. Uh, Thanks for joining us on this inaugural episode of the Our Father Stories podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you as we together help ordinary people know and share extraordinary life, because that's what we are, ordinary people too. God bless.